In our journey as dads, we're often faced with some really complex questions from our kids. We're also faced with complex scenarios and situations that we need to navigate with our family. In this episode, we're talking about the power to respond appropriately. Pillar four in the Fatherhood 360 framework within Dads Making a Difference. The power to respond appropriately is a crucial power that we have as dads that we must develop and practice and implement in our home so that we can help our kids know that they can seek understanding, ask hard questions, and that we are a safe place to trust. I'm going to share with you some stories from my own personal life being a dad, but also some stories from my life as an educator and school leader and conversations that I've had with youth that are going to help you know what to ask, what not to ask, and show you some ways in which you can build a stronger relationship with your kids and how you can develop the appropriate skills, the powerful skills to respond appropriately in your home. Looking forward to this one. Let's dive in to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam. I'm your host. And we've been diving into this mini-series on the six pillars of the DMD, six pillars of Dads Making a Difference. We're continuing our mini-series today. We started this back in episode 80 where we talked about a commitment to physical and mental health. We also spoke about fostering effective and strong relationships and a commitment to growth. The next pillar is probably one of the ones that's trickiest to get into. And it's because we're called to do great things as fathers. We're called to leave an impact in our family, to influence our family, and of course, to leave a legacy. But the legacy that we leave in the long term depends on how we react in the short term. And the next pillar in the DMD is responding appropriately. How do we respond appropriately as fathers, as husbands, as professionals, as team leads? In the DMD, we use this description. A dad understands his family and appropriately responds to cultural contexts, societal contexts, religious contexts, as they impact his personal, his familial, and his professional practices. And that might just sound like jargon to you guys, but this really has to do with you stepping into a leadership role. The other three areas that we've spoken about already, commitment to physical and mental health, that's taking care of yourself. You can't take care of others until you take care of yourself. It's like the mask in the airplane, put yours on first before helping someone else. The next step was fostering strong and effective relationships. Again, connecting with other people, making sure that you're building strong relationships with your kids, with your wife, with your spouse, and with the people around you. The third was a commitment to growth, where we started to look introspectively on how we knew our why and for growth and took ownership. Today, the next step, this is the next level as we progress through the dads making a difference. 
And that next step is for you to start putting into practice and identifying the topics, the beliefs that you have for you to put this into practice so you can respond appropriately. You've done the prep work. You've focused on yourself. You've built strong relationships. So doorways are open for conversation. We use a window analogy for conversation. If the window is open, you're going to have a healthy conversation. Whether it's a positive conversation or a negative, it can be healthy if the window is open. An open window suggests that there is trust. There's openness to receiving what has to be said. If a closed window is present, then you're not going to have an effective and healthy conversation. So we talked about building strong relationships and opening windows for conversations. We also spoke about a commitment to growth and how we enter into conversation as learners, not as knowers. But here's a moment for you to know. You need to know what you stand for. You need to know what you believe in your family. You need to know what you believe is right. And you need to know and have an idea of where you want to see your family go, what direction you want to see your family head into. Ed Milet always talks about the one, being the one, the one in your family that sets a new direction, the one that breaks through barriers, the one that brings wealth, that brings success, that brings a faith in God, one who brings something that hasn't been there before. And my hope is that you can be that one. But it's going to start with knowing internally how you're going to respond when you're faced with things that are really difficult. So let's talk about responding appropriately today. Now, there's a lot of cancel culture out there. There's a lot of opinions. And my goal is not to be canceled today, but to have an honest conversation with you about how you should enter or could enter conversations when your conversations with your kids, when you are either subjected or approached with some interesting conversations and questions. I need to tell you first, foremost, before we get in, um, I'm a little bit cloudy today. My head's a little bit off. Uh, you guys know that I work as a professional. I work as a school administrator. And uh, I found out this morning that a young man, a 15-year-old young man that I'm deeply connected to in his family passed away. It's been a hard day. It's been a hard day. But I knew it was important for me to get on here and record this because I want you to know I have a unique perspective, a perspective that a lot of dads don't get. So many guys have an opportunity to connect with their own kids. And you might have opportunities to connect with other kids in maybe a sporting environment, club environment, you're doing some volunteering, you're doing coaching. But I've been blessed with an opportunity over the last 17 years to connect with kids in a way that other adults cannot. And I've learned in the last eight years of being the high school where we have kids who are 15, 14 years old, all the way up to 18 years old, how when you start to become a young adult, you start to seek out information. You start to seek out guidance while also testing the beliefs, the knowledge, and the expectations of those around you. So I get to navigate some really interesting conversations with youth, probably some conversations they wouldn't have with their own parents. Now, I need to let you know I'm an educator. I'm a school leader. And in any time I get into a conversation with a youth, 
It's about building trust, building relationships, but they know that depending on what they share with me, I'll share it with their family. Because their family is the one who loves them. The family is the one that's going to be there for them. And honestly, sometimes these kids just don't believe their family is going to be there for them. They don't have a male role model in their life. They don't have a dad in their life. They don't have a dad who's, he might be there, but he's not present. And I think about all these things as I'm processing through my emotion today about the incredible role we have as fathers to connect with our kids. And I'm blessed and thankful for the incredible role I have as a school leader to connect with teenagers and youth in a different way. And I was connected to this young man and it hurts my heart and I'm extremely sad. But I also know that in the moments that I was with him, he knew I loved him. And so I want to bring a perspective today to this conversation, not only as a dad and as a husband and as your brother, a guy who wants to connect with you and support you, but as an educator, as a leader, and as a guy who's had a lot of conversations with teenagers and asked and has answered a lot of questions that you might not get at home. And so I'm going to talk about responding appropriately. First of all, responding appropriately all comes down to knowing where you stand. What is your filter? What is the guiding light that you have in your family? I'll give you an example. We go back to our family mission statements on the wall outside. It says, love beyond these walls. If I have a question in my home from Maya, Braylon, or Kim, I know that I can respond to that using love beyond these walls as a filter. If Braylon gets into an argument at school, a little tussle, which he never has, actually. <laughs> He's in grade four. He never has gotten into a little tussle. But if he was to or have conflict with friends, or if Maya, who's now in middle school, gets into conflict with friends, with middle school girls, we can use love beyond these walls as a filter to say we can show love to others. We can use love as a filter to respond to hard questions and difficult times and difficult situations. And it doesn't mean that we have to agree. But when we enter into a response with the filter of love, it makes it so that we are not the judgment keeper. It makes it so that we are entering into a conversation with empathy, that we can see the other person's perspective. And we have our own perception of what's happening, but we want to see the perspective that others have as well. And so as you respond appropriately, I'm going to challenge you to do this. And I'm not trying to be fluffy, guys. Like this is, this is the bare bones of it. Love has to be at the center. And I'm not talking about gushy hugs, kisses type love right now. However, I've seen a lot of kids, young men who just need a hug, just need to know somebody's there for them. But I'm not talking about that side of it. I'm talking about you being okay and confident enough to use love as a filter and say, hey, I love you. You've made a terrible decision, <laughs> but, but I love you. So now what are we going to do from here? Responding appropriately means responding to cultural contexts, to conversations that our kids are bringing home, to questions that they bring home. Let's talk about it. Let's dive right into it. These can be some tough conversations. I wrote some down some talking points that I thought were important because as I was thinking about this episode, uh, I didn't only just want to get into the pillar of responding appropriately, but some of the real life things that we're seeing right now. Right now, we are seeing some challenges when it comes to responding appropriately. Uh, we, we see sensitive topics. 
let's be honest, we have uh, sensitive topics about race, gender, religion, politics, war, sexuality, homosexuality, gender identification. We're talking about like there are a lot of questions that our youth are trying to figure out right now and they're seeking answers. But some of the tips that I can have for you in entering into any of those is to be open and honest and to ask questions and to seek understanding, going back to that commitment to growth. When you are going to respond, we have a choice. We can react or we can respond. So as you go to respond, it takes you some time to learn what's happening in the moment so that you can craft your response in a way that's going to be accepted. When we react, we're doing something to someone. When we respond, we are doing something with someone. And I know there's a lot of cliches that I'm saying right now, but I'm trying to get all these thoughts together to encourage you to know that you are okay in where you stand. Use love as a filter, have empathy in conversations, and have an open mind. Do not respond to context with judgment. Judgment will push you away from others. Judgment does not make you a leader. Judgment does not make you a leader in the home. Judgment does not make you a leader in business. Judgment does not make you a leader in your marriage. Because when you judge other people, you're saying you know better. And if you're listening to this right now, say, well, I do know better. Then you're in the wrong spot because, man, we don't know better. That's why DMD exists. Dad's making a difference exists. So we can surround ourselves with a group of men who are trusted advisors because none of us know better. But in the collective, we can share experience and help each other respond to really tough situations. So when you're responding appropriately, keep an open mind. Now, I want to talk about kids for a moment. I taught elementary. Well, I was an assistant principal in elementary school. I taught middle school for a long time. And I've been in high school for quite a long time. The key to appropriate response is also an understanding of age appropriateness. Age appropriateness, maintaining trust. It's not just about giving answers. It's about guiding, understanding, empathy, and connection. I came home from work, obviously very uh, emotional today. My daughter looked at me and she said to me, are you okay? And I had a, I had a choice there. In that moment, I could stand in our kitchen as my daughter, who's 11 years old, looked at me. And knowing what I know about 11-year-olds, hundreds or thousands of youth that I have worked with, She's got it. She's in middle school. She knows something's not right. So I can lie to her and say, no, I'm okay, kiddo. How was your day? And she can tell in my face that I'm not all right. I had a choice to make. I needed to respond appropriately in that situation. So I looked at her as tears welled up in my eyes. I said, no, I'm not okay. Today was a really hard day, kiddo. Do you know that young man that we bumped into in the community a couple of times who comes up and says hi to your dad and gives me a hug and you thought it was weird, but I told you a little bit about him and how we're connected and I check in with him every day? She said, yeah. Her eyes lit up. Yeah. She said, well, my, I found out this morning that young man passed away. And I, you could see in her face the moment I said that, she didn't know what to do. But she responded in the best way that she knew in that moment. She just grabbed me in the biggest hug that I've had for my daughter in a long time. A big Maya hug. And she just said, Dad, I'm sorry. And she just hugged me. And I gave her a hug and then I let go and she was still holding me. So I hugged her again uh, and I cried. 
And there I, and you guys, you can say what you want. You might think, oh, this is weak. Don't cry in front of your kids. You know what? I'm going to call BS on that. My daughter had an opportunity in that moment to see that her dad was human, that her dad cared about other people, that her dad cares about others, but cares about her. And I just held her there and she gave me a hug. And I told her I loved her and that I was thankful for her. I was thankful for her family and for her safety. And she just kept walking by and giving me hugs all evening long. And I don't expect her to feel sad. She didn't know this person, this young man, but she was sad for her dad a little bit, but she, she didn't know what to say, but she knew what to do. Because in that moment, without even thinking about it, an 11-year-old girl could figure out that all I needed as an appropriate response was love, was a hug, was for me to know that somebody was there. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dads making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. And now when you're faced with situations where you need to respond appropriately, I want you to know in the moment that most of the time, all we need is connection. We need to be heard. We need to be seen. We need to know that someone else hears us and they don't need to agree with us or disagree with us. They just need to be in that moment with us understanding. So as a dad making a difference, be in the moment and, and respond with love first, connection as a filter, and know that in that moment, you don't have to have all the answers. Now, age appropriateness, I'm going to go to my son for a moment. My nine-year-old son comes home shortly after that, and he can see I'm not happy. Now, I'm not going to tell my nine-year-old son that a young man who's 15, passed away. One, because I don't know if Bray would understand uh, the significance of it. He would have a lot of questions. I know his mind, knowing Braylon as well as I do, his mind would wander. And while my, my daughter's mind wanders and she's curious, she asks questions. Was he sick? What happened? Was there an accident? And so she asks questions. Braylon won't ask questions at his age. Developmentally, Developmentally, it's not appropriate for Braylon to ask those types of questions. He's just not there yet as a, a, a little boy. So when my son came home and said, Dad, are you doing okay? I could say, well, Dad's had a pretty hard day today. I had got some bad news at work today, and it hurt my heart. But I'm glad that I'm home with you right now. Can I give you a hug? And that's how I responded appropriately to my son. Men. We need to learn that a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work in our responses. 
I see a lot of guys on social media who are just blowing up. This is how you respond. Be a man, step up or respond to this kid this way or put your feet in the sand and know what you stand for. I agree that values and principles and things that we believe are important to our family. But I also know that I'm not the gatekeeper. And so when I know that I'm put in a moment where I don't have the answers, when I know I'm put in a moment where I've been put on the spot or asked a hard question, or I'm a little bit emotional and I'm a little bit frustrated, I know that in that moment, I can always go back to being honest and just connect and to love my son. All right, I'm going to move on a little bit. Um, I want to talk about, I do have a middle school daughter. Uh, I just did an interview. It's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Um, and with Jim White, and he talked about raising teenagers. But I think about where I'm at right now, responding to my daughter in a different way that I respond to students who are the same age. My daughter is a teenager, uh, preteen, sorry. She's going to be a teenager in a couple of years. And I respond to my daughter in a different way than I would respond to a kid in the school. One, she's my daughter. She knows that we believe in our home. We know <laughs> we use love as a filter, for goodness sake. She knows these things. A kid who walks in my office doesn't know that. So I need to take time to build trust. So I want to talk about the influence of peers in the social environment on the kids in our homes. Man, our kids are growing up in a world that's deeply different than we grew up in. And it's a world that's deeply influenced by social media. It's important for us dads to understand this landscape and not through a landscape or a lens of judgment. Our kids are being pressured through social interactions, through peer pressure, to be engaged in these types of platforms and online. I would highly encourage you as a father, as a this is coming from me as a dad whose 11-year-old daughter doesn't have a phone yet. Um, she probably won't have a phone for a couple of years. But also as, um, as a man who's worked in middle school, grades six, seven, eight for seven years, and has worked in high school for eight years, social media plays such an influential role in the development of our youth. We see things like these apps that are encrypted chats uh, where images disappear and messages disappear. We see kids wanting to be media influencers and taking videos in public and taking pictures of others just to get views and likes. We see kids trying to keep a streak alive because if they don't, their social circle will crumble around them. I remember the peer pressure that I faced when I was in middle school and high school, junior high and high school. It wasn't about who I, it was about who I talked to. Sure it was. We were looking for the approval of the cool kids or this group or that group. It was about the clothes that we wore. There is more judgment now about who you are connected to online than the clothes that you wear. There is more judgment now about who you're connected to online versus who you're connected to in person at the school. There is more judgment now by the type of message that you receive and send than there is about in-person interaction. I'm going to give you an example. I learned something just a couple of weeks ago about a young, a young man came into my office and he was sitting in my office. He's having, navigating some hard conversations uh, with a female student of ours. Uh, his heart was broken. And we're sitting there and he's like, I can tell that she's really not into me anymore. And I said, well, how do you know this, buddy? Like, tell me more about this. Help me understand. And he said, well, because of the messages I'm getting from her. 
He's like, when you get a message from a girl and it's a picture of her face, you know, she's into you. But if you get a message from a girl, it's like the side of her head or it's like her shoes or something she's taking a picture of and it's not her face, you know, she's not interested. So how do you know this? He's like, oh, Cam, there's levels of social interaction on, on Snapchat. If someone just sends you a picture of the ceiling just to keep their streak alive from in class, or it's like a picture where it's like down on their desk and you just see like their chin, their nose, and it's looking up at the roof. It shows that you were below that person. It, it's a status thing, dad. It's a status thing to the dads listening to this right now. That if your youth, your child, the kids in your world, if you're volunteering, you're coaching a team, you need to be aware of the things they're navigating. They are up against it every single day. So my encouragement to you is being aware of the influence that social media has on your kids and enter into conversations where you can learn as much as you can. Dads, do not come in with an iron fist, taking things away, shutting things down as your first response. Yes, there's going to be a time to do that. I've seen that as an educator. I've seen that as a leader. I've seen that as a father. There are times to put the hammer down and just say no. But before doing that, you need to gain as much understanding as possible about these platforms, about the nature of the communication, about the what messages your kids are sending. We're talking about just innocent messages, not even, you know, the risque ones that we all hear and fear mongering about online. I'm going to tell you the hardest messages aren't always those ones. Those are easy to deal with. From a school perspective, we deal, man, I come in on a Monday morning, I'm dealing with stuff in the weekend. That's what we do now in education. We don't deal with stuff in the school. Most of the stuff that we're dealing with is online happens outside of the school, happens in the evening when kids are at home. They don't tell their parents. They're up most of the night on their phones or on their devices. They're on the weekends. And then they bring them into the, the school setting. And then we're managing these at the school setting because we have, while in our building, almost 1,300 kids who bring all their stuff into one space. It's this big melting pot of drama that's created in the evenings on social media. So as you respond appropriately, as your kids grow older and they're using more technology, be aware of the influence that the peers and social media that they're ingesting and are connected to are having on them. Be a learner, not a knower. Ask questions. Responding appropriately asks questions. Be, seek understanding. Because while we can't control everything, we can be a steady guide. And we can encourage open conversations about your child's experiences. And we can be the role model they need. We can be the role model. And how do we do that? We respond appropriately. We ask questions. We seek understanding. We show love, empathy. And then, yes, dads, there's times where we need to make the decision to discipline. Some of the family stressors that I see right now when I'm working with families, I'm working to navigate conflict. Of course, with social media, with cultural shifts that we see right now can be a lot to navigate. Um, but there is a balance of being informed and respectful while also holding true to our family values. Be confident that you can hold true to your family values, but know that being informed and being respectful is key. Like I said before, I'm not the gatekeeper. I'm not the judge and jury. I can seek understanding and then I can make a choice. 
in my role as a vice principal, I can make a choice to discipline, which discipline is a learning process. Punishment is punishment. Discipline is a learning process. It's something you do together with that person. Um, give you another instance. We had a young young lady come into our my office last week. She sits down. She had made a let's call, let's call it a not so smart decision, um, and had found herself in trouble with the law. And so now I'm sitting there, and she's looking at me. She's devastated. She's crying, and I just let her catch her breath. Got her some Kleenex, and it was just um, the um, uh, our female vice principal, myself, and her. And I looked at her and I said, "Okay, kiddo, well here we're at." I said, I'm so glad that you did this here. And she looked at me and she was like, blown away that I said that. I said, I'm so glad that you made this poor decision right now. Because there are two types of decisions you can make. And I want you to think about this when you're talking to your kids, okay? You can use this. I looked at her and I said, there are two types of decisions you can make. Bad decisions you can make. You can make non-catastrophic mistakes. And you can make catastrophic mistakes. Right now, this was a terrible decision, but it's a non-catastrophic mistake. And it's non-catastrophic because you did this here and you did this now. And we have an opportunity to navigate this with you in a safe environment with people who care about you or connected with you, with your parents, with your family. We're going to put in supports because this is non-catastrophic. My fear is that we weren't going to be able to navigate this with you here. And in three years, when you're away from this place and you're a young woman living on your own, you make this decision, this could be a catastrophic mistake. I'm so glad you made this decision here. And in that moment, this youth looked at me, tears in her eyes because she was so embarrassed. She looked at me and I could just see the relief and the weight come off her shoulders because she knew, okay, Cam kind of gets it. Uh, I feel safe here. I know I've made a mistake. Our next conversations are going to be about what we're going to do next, the discipline process. And she understood that, but she could look at me and say that I cared about her. Men, it is okay to show care even in the discipline. It's okay to say to your kids, I'm so glad you made this mistake. I'm so glad that I could be here with you to help navigate this and ask you questions and help understand why you did this so that we can keep this from happening in the future. Because right now you're in our home. You're in our home where we love you no matter what, no matter what. And I'm going to respond to you appropriately by showing you this, that we love you no matter what, no matter what decision you make, no matter what mistake you make, whatever, no matter what celebration and thing you accomplish, we love you all the same. And I'm glad you made that decision right now where it's non-catastrophic and we can surround you with support. Men, surround your kids with support. A dad making a difference responds appropriately. Responding appropriately means taking a breath. If I was going to sum this all up into one simple term, one simple line, for you to respond appropriately means for you to take a breath. Taking a breath gives us space, gives us time. It removes some of the emotion from that situation because a dad understands his family. And he has to respond appropriately in a way that shows that he understands cultural contexts. You ask questions, ask questions of your kids, ask, 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 even in the vehicle, when you're driving, ask them little subtle questions, gain an understanding of their culture, of their world that is so different than the one that we live in. So to respond appropriately, understand their cultural context because it's impacting their personal lives.
It's impacting your family's life. Your employees, your coworkers, the people you lead, ask them questions, seek understanding. So in a professional context and professional practice, you can respond appropriately when the time comes. And in your family, with your wife, with your spouse, with your partner, ask questions, have empathy. And even in the most emotional of moments, show understanding and love as your filter. Men in the Dad's Making a Difference Mastermind and the men listening to this podcast, my hope for you is that you can respond appropriately. That is why it is one of the pillars in our Dad's Making a Difference Mastermind and one of the pillars here on the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. All right, my friend, and we're going to leave it there today. So here we go. We're going to keep moving through. We got a couple, we got two more pillars left in this mini series on the six pillars of the dad's making a difference mastermind. You can go to dmdmastermind.com, go to the coaching tab. You can see our six pillars in the fatherhood 360 framework, commitment to physical and mental health, fostering effective and strong relationships, commitment to growth. Today's topic was responding appropriately. And next week, we're going to get into organization and balance. We're going to talk about money, guys, financial needs, financial management. And then we're talking about building capacity in others. The real one, the big one about leaving a legacy in your family. I appreciate you. I appreciate you that you're here. If there's another dad or someone who knows a dad who needs to hear this episode, please like, share, subscribe. Please comment. Let me know exactly what you're thinking about this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment. Love to hear from you. Hey, even the hater comments are good comments. All right, my friend, have a fantastic week and we'll see you next week on the next episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And if you are a father listening to this right now who is driven to build a life of significance, to truly make a difference in the life of your family, in your business, and in the community around you, go to dmdmastermind.com to learn more about the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind a mastermind group for fathers that provides men with the skills, the connections, the accountability, the proven steps, and the brotherhood to truly become a dad making a difference. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today, and I will see you on the next episode of the DMD Podcast.